in our church, hey, fantastic. Well, well, welcome everybody. So good uh, to see everybody after like 10 weeks. It's just amazing. And, and maybe you're here from uh, one of our other campuses. I just want to give you a warm welcome as well. It's, it's, uh, we're one church that meets in six locations and we're just one big family meeting all over the place. Now, now I realize too that everything looks a little bit different at the moment. And, um, and, but, but here's the thing that I, that I, that I hope you realize that um, uh, just as much as me is that, you know what, even though our world may have changed and we're trying to find out what some new normals are, that God has not changed one single bit. He is still in control. He's still the King of Kings and He's still the Lord of Lords. Uh, and, and this whole thing is not a surprise to Him. But I just believe that he's some amazing things, amazing uh, testimonies and glory to God is going to come through this season in your life and in my life. Uh, now, now, I want to give you permission to be noisy and rowdy today, okay? Because, we, because there's actually, um, from when I'm looking out here, there's about 457,000 people in this room, uh, and they all can make a bit of a noise today, eh? That's fantastic. So, hey, um, and, and so uh, the last past couple of weeks uh, on Church Online, we've been doing a series uh, out of the book of Philippians. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you to, to get the, the most out of this series uh, across all our churches. This day. Why don't you get into it this week? Read all. There's only four chapters. Uh, you can do that in a couple of days, but just to get the Word of God into us because there's some, some message here that the, the writer Paul uh, has got for us that are so applicable for us today. Uh, and, and he's got some characteristics that we're going to talk about today. It's going to be so good. So we've titled this message today, it's called Out of the Ordinary Joy. Out of the Ordinary Joy. And, and, and so you're, you're probably like me. There's some people that you know, uh, or maybe one or two people popping into your mind right now, that, that no matter what's going on in their world, no matter what's happened in their day, they seem to have a smile on their face. They seem to be uh, pretty happy with things. Uh, they are like, you know, if there's, a, if there's somebody that's a glass half full or a glass half empty, they're just happy that there's a glass there involved. And, and they're just so pumped that every day is a new day and, and that every day is going to be a great day. Uh, and um, uh, one of those people that I, I want to tell you about this morning, one of those people that I know, uh, her name is Kylie Jensen Van Vuren. She is like the Energizer Bunny around here. She is so so funny. She's always got a smile on her face. She's happy. She's she's enjoying life. And, uh, and in fact, on Friday afternoon, we were having afternoon tea uh, upstairs, and Kylie starts telling us about a story about eyebrows. Now every. Generally, most of us have two eyebrows, and Kylie started telling us this story about eyebrows and how that you can make each one individually go up and down alternatively. Like, you can, you can all probably give it a try now if you like. You can just like, one eyebrow can go up, the other one can go down, and, and she was telling us this story about that, and, and we're just like, oh, basically nearly rolling on the floor. Some people were losing it right there, and, but she was something inside of her as she's telling this story was, was infectious. Uh, and we were just having, so we actually forgot about the day, maybe some of the bad things that, or the hard things that we've been through that day or what we're facing. Uh, but Kylie was just so happy uh, and had a big smile on her face. And, and, and we, we realized, I realized about people like that is, this, is that they've got something different on the inside. There's something internally uh, that helps her, that causes her to always see the glasses is there and it's half full. There's something about in her spirit that she carries uh, just kind of oozes joy and happiness. And, and here's the thing is that, is that today is, is Pentecost Sunday. And, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that, that when Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples, go and wait in, in this room here 
and you're going to wait for a gift or you're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you because he's going to give you power to be my witnesses uh, in the world. And so as the disciples were there, the Holy Spirit come like a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire uh, and impacted them, deposited something internally, internally into their spirits that, that gave them power, the power of the Holy Spirit to go and live life, to go and fulfill the purposes of God in and, and their lives. And today, that, that Holy Spirit didn't just come once and for all just back then, but He's alive and real and available to you and to me here in Pukekohe uh, so many thousand years later because He wants to give us the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it comes from the word dynamite. And if you've ever seen a massive explosion of dynamite, it's that same kind of power that the Holy Spirit gives to each one of us to be his witnesses, to influence our world, to serve our community in the name of Jesus. But this, there's something about people that, that have this joy inside of them that is, that is, that is different because they've, they've found something that, that they can't find, their, or they don't find as much joy in their accomplishments as what they, because accomplishments come and go. They, they, they haven't found their, their, uh, their joy or their contentment in, in being accepted or, or not or approved or disapproved from other people. They have just found their joy in a different place, something on the inside that has changed and has made a difference in their hearts and lives. In Philippians today, as we, as we look through, and we, we haven't got uh, sermon notes for you today, but they are on the app if you've got the app or that's going to pop up on the screen very, very shortly. And, and it's amazing as we look at the, the Philippians today and that the writer of Philippians, Paul, and is a very similar place to you and I have been and maybe are a little bit. He, he wrote this letter to the Philippian church uh, in prison, in chains. And if there's anybody uh, that had the right to maybe to be uh, pretty grumpy or pretty unhappy with the situation he was in, it was this guy. This guy was in a damp, dark, cold prison uh, and he's, he's learned about something about what's happening inside of him that has given him joy through every situation, that, that he's even been able to extend or, or reach out to other prisoners and the guard in the prison, that it was an advancement of the kingdom, not a confinement. I, I start to think, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, he's in jail, he's in prison, how bad can it get? But he's discovered something internally he discovered the, the power of the risen Jesus Christ, and it was changed everything for him. Uh, and, and Paul, Paul, as he wrote this letter, you know, this, you could understand if he was a bit anxious or, or disappointed or, or angry at where he was. You, you could understand that, that he didn't know what the future held for him. He's probably been beaten. He's probably been confined. Maybe the, there's all sorts of things going on there against him. But he come to a place where it didn't matter if he was in prison or not, he'd found a contentment in be with Jesus Christ. And, and I, I could just, it just makes me shiver just thinking of some of those cold, dark prisons and how could you be happy in a place like that? He was. And let's, let's pick it up in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 3 and 4. And this is what Paul says. He says, Do not put confidence in the flesh, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. See, and one thing you can say about Paul is, is he's the man and he knows he's the man. He knows he, he's had done things that is better than anyone else or he's been more passionate or more zealous than anyone else. He's like the guy of the time. And, and he knows that, that everything he's done 
He's done better than you and I. It's like, remember as kids, I can do better than what you can. Uh, you know, it's like he's saying that uh, if there's something about accomplishments, I've done it better. That, that's who I am, Paul says. And, and verse, verse number four, he says, it's true that I once relied on all of that uh, I had become. I had to reason, to boast, and to impress people with my accomplishments more than anyone else, for my pedigree was impeccable. It's amazing how Paul starts to, in, in these verses there, he starts to, to rattle off now his credentials, all his, almost like his qualifications or things he's done and, and been or who he is. He says in verse 5 and 6, he says, I was born a true Hebrew of heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. He had status. He said, I was circumcised eight days after my birth and, and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism. I lived a, separ a separated and devout life as a Pharisee, Paul says, and concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without peer. And furthermore, uh, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted other believers with religious zeal. One could say that he was a piece of work, really. He, he, he was the guy who'd done things and, and been places. And, but then all of a sudden, in this prison cell, he starts to explain his reasons why, the, the realization that he come to. And, and it's found in verse 7 and 9. It says this, But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. And more than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as, I love this, dung. Everything he's saying, he's saying, everything that I've been known for, everything I've surpassed, everything that I've been great at, it's like dung. It's like something that I've, I've put a place there. Why? So that I may gain Christ and be found in him. See, I think this morning that this message is, is incredibly applicable for us, that, that Paul wants us to know a few things about his joy, the source of his joy. How do we find joy in level two, three, four, and whatever other levels we've got to come? How do we find joy in our world that's changing? We just want it to come back to normal, to be able to stand closer than what we can do right at the moment, or we, we want to be able to not have to stand on the dots in the middle of the shops and things like that. We, we, you know, we want some kind of normality. What does it look like? Paul says, if we, no matter what the environment or the situation is, how do we find true joy? I think Paul wants us to know these things. And if you want to know joy uh, out of the ordinary joy, the first thing is this, is that it's not in me, it's in Jesus. See, even with Paul's a long list of credentials, he said, I threw all of that aside, or like all his accomplishments, I, I threw everything aside for the joy of being found in Christ. And, and, and here's the thing, we can all work our way uh, and achieve uh, our own way. We can have amazing accomplishments on the way to what we think is joy and happiness and contentment. But, but have you noticed this thing, that no matter how many extra shifts you do or how harder you work or more you give or more you do, uh, that there just doesn't seem to be enough. No matter how hard you work or, or where you can even position yourself in a different place, but you always feel like we've still more to accomplish. In reality, there's always more to do, right? 
your boss will say that uh, uh, maybe on a Friday that's the end of the list, but you come on Monday and there's a whole other new list there. There is always something else for us to accomplish. The amazing thing is that is that when we live our lives, our, we can live our lives like like this uh, this bucket. As you see, our lives we can we can work more hours, believing that the that what we do, our accomplishments, can can plug the holes in a bucket that is our life. You know, we can work many, many more hours. We can, we can forsake things for an accomplishments. We can plug, try and plug our bucket with things that we think make us happy, but in reality, it still keeps leaking. No matter how much we do, no matter how much we work trying to find happiness and fulfillment and, and trying to build up financial security or, or, or better relationships, no matter when we try to do it ourselves, it's like a bucket with holes in it and we just don't seem to be able to plug it. The only thing, the only person that can plug the holes in our lives is Christ. And Paul is really saying to us that if you want to find the secret to out of ordinary joy, how to plug those holes, it's only found in Christ and knowing Him. Because if we try to do it ourselves, in ourselves, our bucket will empty out because in ourselves, we cannot plug the holes in our bucket. It's only found in Jesus Christ. And He's the only one that can plug the holes in our lives. See, Paul is really telling us is that I've tried it all. I've tried it all, and I've been still found wanting. And now, and now I'm sitting here in a prison cell, in chains, in a horrible place, the worst place you could ever be. And, and I've found myself here, and I am now still content, having thrown all of that away, simply because of this one reason, I know Christ. One reason, I know Jesus. Seeing Christ work on the cross for you and for I, it achieves everything for us that the world cannot. Only Jesus plugs the holes in your bucket. It's not in me, it's in Jesus. The second thing, the second thing, if you want to know uh, to have joy no matter what, you need to know that it's not in religion, but in relationship. Uh, as a kid growing up, and you're probably the, the same as me as growing up, I, I had two older brothers, but we had friends who would come around, and, and we would make up games that we would play on the day, and generally it involved a, a bike or a small motorbike, and they're going 100 miles an hour around the section, around the house. Or, but, but we played, made these games, and we had some, had some uh, game rules that we would do there, but after a while, the, the neighborhood kids would come because they would want to join in that game, but, but one of them would say, well, well, why don't we make this rule that if you do this, that needs to happen, or if you do that, this needs to happen. And they would start adding more rules to our game, and, and literally within five minutes, their game was shot to bits. We, we had no joy in that game because there were so many rules. You didn't know if you're getting it right or wrong, and then they would try and pick the rules at you, and it actually sucked the whole joy out of the game because there were so many rules that no one actually knew anyway. We couldn't remember what they were a few minutes after. There was just too many. And, and here's the thing. Uh, as we, if we add religious, religious tick boxes to our relationship with God, it does exactly the same thing. It sucks the joy out of what was designed to bring freedom through relationship with Him. And, and Paul's credentials were, were really a tick list of religious to-dos. 
things that would come under a law that he needed to do or had to do, but he came to the conclusion that at the end of it, it was of no gain at all. See, religion may steal your joy, but I want to say to you today that relationship will restore it to you. Relationship with Jesus Christ will restore it to you. Philippians 3 verse 8 and 9, it says this, so that I may gain, this is Paul speaking again, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. See, it's being found in Christ, in relationship with him, that, that you uncover the fullness of who he is and what he's placed within your heart. And it, it's in that discovering who he is, uh, is that you discover the fullness of who you are and what you're called to be, what he's asking you to do. And, and the identity and the purpose that comes through that joyful contentment is incredible. Uh, one of the reasons we do our growth track is for exactly that, because we believe with all our hearts that God has a purpose and a plan that he's given you some, uh, some skills and talents and abilities, the things that make you, you, uh, that God has deposited those into you. And our growth track is one of those things that help us discover that uh, and how to, how to live in him with our gifts that he's given us. Uh, because here's the thing is that when we see religion or when you see what religion will give you, it is the knowledge of God. But relationship it allows you to really know him. It's not in religion, it's in relationship. The third thing, the third thing is if you wanna know out of the ordinary joy, no matter what, you need to know that it's inside and not outside. It's inside, not outside. Now, now let's remember where, where Paul was writing this letter from. He was in prison, he was under persecution, and, and if there's any circumstances in life for, uh, that to pull the joy rug out from underneath us, I would say, it would be uh, being in prison, right? That would be not a joyful place or a happy place to be. But, but yet in chapter four, he, he starts to, to write a, a, a message that, that really can impact us. And in verse 12 and 13, uh, he said, Paul said, I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Here it is, verse 13, because I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, now that Christ's strength in Paul produces something far greater than achievement. It produces contentment. See, I think often when we read, read especially that verses, if you've been in church for a while, you, you know that that verses, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's been, it's been one of those probably popular ones that I can do all things through Christ and uh, uh, that the promises that he's given us and those major things that I can do that Christ is gonna give me strength to climb Mount Everest and to do amazing things or to, to do incredible uh, activities. But in the context of this story, Paul is saying, uh, is using contentment as the main goal. Yeah, Paul, Paul is saying like, uh, Christ, he, he gives us strength to do all things, even in contentment. And, and I think we always, seem to, we, we always seem to use this, I can do all things, as some kind of big activity. When God is like looking at this internal thing with where Paul writes, that he can give him joy and contentment for where he is right now. For Paul, that's in a prison cell. Maybe for you, that's in a 
a broken relationship. Maybe for you that's in the redundancy that's happening. I believe Paul is wanting us to say that when we journey through those things, that Christ can give you strength to do all things. He will supply you with peace. He will supply you with confidence. He will supply you with boldness. He will supply you with forgiveness. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I think one of the hardest seasons that you can go through is that waiting season, right? We were just waiting. I was talking to somebody in, during, before the first service, and it's like we're, we're in a holding pattern. It was just a waiting. And one of the toughest seasons to go through is we were just waiting. But can I remind you today that, that even in the waiting season, you can find joyful contentment with Christ, with Him, because you can do all things in all seasons in all circumstances with Christ. Ben, if you want to, guys want to come, that would be great. Number the fourth and final thing is this, is that, is that if you want to have joy no matter what, you need to know it's not alone, it's together. And, and, and it's in that our tendency to isolate or to pull back from people and generally, generally through a difficult season. Because sometimes we prefer to hide and maybe pull the covers over our head and just hope it all goes away. But but Paul is in his prison season. He, he didn't isolate himself, but discovered the joy in people. Philippians 1, 3, it says that, that Paul said, I give thanks to God for every remembrance of you, always praying for joy for all of you in my prayers. In verse four, verse, chapter 4, verse 1, So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown. He calls his friends his joy and his crown. And so often we can be desperately praying for an answer to prayer and we can feel like God is just not listening at all. But I think that many times his answer is in the people he is placing around us. That's why small groups are so powerful, so strong. And three level three and four, it's amazing how we were all isolated, but small groups were, were, were still keeping in touch and keeping contact. Even when someone's loved one passed away, the small group was there and trying to contact and be support people. Even when people had lost their jobs, they, they were still there. There was, there was a bunch of friends that were there getting around and supporting the best they can. And even when some relationships were struggling in the middle of a lockdown, as those other people were there to support and give wisdom and and counsel. See, it's in the power of being together and not alone. See, I think God's greatest desire for you and for me is, is, is this, is that for, for connection and relationship with each other and with Him. I think God is, is willing to use just about anything to, to draw us to a place where we realize that the answers we're looking for are not found in isolation, but they're found together. And see, right now, you may, you may not have the provision you want, but you have got the provider. Right now, you, you may not uh, have the miracle that you want, uh, may, but you have the miracle worker. Maybe right now, you may not know the way to go right now, but you do know the way maker. It's not in being alone, it's in being together. And, and I think as we head out of this really hard season of the lockdown, for some, 
some are getting back to some kind of normality and, and for others it feels like it's just getting a little bit harder again. With work, you're not sure what's happening with work. Or, then there's finance and then there's restrictions. There's all those things and uncertainty. And for some there's relationships that are just kind of at that breaking point right now. And some are anxious. Anxious about getting out of the house right now, getting into community and trying to get back to life because of fear and concern about personal safety. It's not an easy, easy season. But one of the final verses that Paul ends his letter with is a reminder about God's faithfulness. It's about God's power and His sovereignty. And and I wanna remind you of this today too. In Philippians 4 verse 19, says this, and my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, I choose. I I choose to believe in His promises and I choose to stand upon His Word. I I choose to believe that He will supply peace to you and I choose to believe that He will support you with confidence. I choose to believe He will supply boldness. He will supply compassion. He will supply forgiveness. He will supply His love to each and every one because my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your head where you are right now. I just really felt that, you know, this this has been an incredible season for people and and not in a good way. It's just been a tough, tough season. And I just felt like for this service on on Pentecost Sunday that that there was an opportunity for the Holy Spirit, for God to speak and to change some things. And, And right here, just in this moment right now, I... I want you to do something. Why no one's looking around? All I'm going to ask is, why don't you lift your hands? If you need peace right now, why don't you lift your hand and I'm going to pray. If you need wisdom right now, why don't you lift your hand right now? Whatever you need is available today. I believe that the Holy Spirit and the promises of the Word of God are available to each one. And this morning, I'm going to pray right now. You put your hand up if you're in that place there where you got God, Holy Spirit, I need you to do something right now. Excellent. Father God, I thank you for your gracious love for us, oh God, for every hand lifted high right now that that has a need, Father God. I thank you that your your word says, Father God, Paul told us and showed us that you will supply every uh, provision and every need that we have according to the riches in Christ Jesus, that that we can do all things. We can experience your peace and your joy and, and, and Father God, rest, Lord God because you are the supplier, Father God. You are the provider. So Father, I pray for every hand. Lord, I pray, would you respond, Holy Spirit, today and the days ahead, I pray, oh God. Miraculous power of the risen Jesus Christ, Father, I pray. Mighty God. Mighty God, for those who are feeling like right now that there's a whole lot of tick boxes that they're struggling with, oh God. Lord, I pray, would you Will you pour out your freedom upon hearts and lives, O God? Freedom and the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ, I pray. Taking all pressure, taking all weight to perform or to do more, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just wave every eyes closed. And in a few minutes, we're going to be closing our service. But but just wave every eyes closed. uh, Jesus Christ, He come for you. God sent His one and only Son to die on a cross that we may know freedom. And 
and there's a, to have a relationship with Him. And there's this one thing that separates us from a relationship with God, and it's, it's called sin. It's like the stuff that we've done. And, and in ourselves, there's no way through. There's no way we can sort that out. That's why God sent His Son for you and for me, that we may know freedom, that we may know His love. And when Jesus Christ died on a sin, he, he took your sin upon Himself. He was nailed to His cross. When He died and He rose again three days later, victorious and paying the price for you and for me. And today He offers us this free gift of eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ. And, and this morning, maybe you've never ever said yes to Jesus. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray a real simple prayer right now. Just silently in your heart, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to turn your life around and, and choose become brand new in Him, just pray this prayer silently in your heart after me. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that you love me. Today I make the decision to give you my life. Lord, will you forgive me? Will you take away my shame? Today I believe that you washed me clean, that you will make me brand new. So Lord, I make the decision to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just